Hey, Josh Felber here from Making Bank. Super excited for today's guest. If you've ever thought about, hey, how can I be a millionaire? How do people navigate and be able to do that? Today's guest, Tony Bradshaw, he's going to share how to create your millionaire plan, how you can take those steps to break through from where you are today to become a millionaire. So definitely got to check out this episode and continue watching this show today. Hey, also too, if you've been watching my shows, you know I'm all about freedom, constitution, giving you the ability to do what you do today, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're just a mom or a dad or whatever, but keeping you free, keeping your family free. So check out some of the great merchandise over at gratitudegear.com. You can grab their shirts, hats, hoodies, whatever you want. Head over to gratitudegear.com and check out the free truth merchandise and even some amazing gratitude quotes today. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super honored and excited for today's guest. Tony Bradshaw has years of financial experience by running business development for Dave Ramsey. When he grew up in a lower income neighborhood in Nashville, Tennessee in his early 20s, he realized he was mismanaging his money. He knew something needed to change. And that's when he set out how to learn how to handle money better. And his entrepreneurs were always trying to figure that out. After he learned how to handle money at the age of 25, Tony made his first millionaire choice and created his millionaire plan. And he accomplished that goal by becoming a millionaire by the age of 40. Now he's helping everyone he can make that choice and create their own millionaire plan. Tony believes there should be only two types of people in the world, millionaires and future millionaires. He helps move his future millionaires from scarcity to abundance mindset and lifestyle. And when he's not building future millionaires like you, he enjoys spending his time with his wife, six kids, and relaxing with his backyard chickens. So I'm excited to welcome Tony Bradshaw to Making Bank today. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me on the show, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, for sure, man. Well, uh, super cool. Uh, obviously, you know, working with Dave Ramsey, you picked up tons of amazing insights and tips and as well as him being on a radio show all the time. So you got a really good indoctrination and everything of all that. But um, initially, I mean, I guess what, when you got started, I mean, did you start as an entrepreneur when you were a kid or anything or kind of what got you jumpstarted on this mindset? Like, oh man, I need to have a millionaire and a millionaire plan and kind of that whole process. You know, it's interesting because I talk to so many people, you know, as well as you do uh, the, with these shows and everybody starts their journey in a different place. And, you know, I feel like I started mine maybe a little bit earlier than some and a little bit later than others. But, you know, as a kid, I got to watch my mom do some leadership stuff. Uh, she was a manager at a convenience store, three different stores at one time, which is just insane. And, you know, when I was like in my, uh, you know, preteen and teen years, and uh, she was robbed at gunpoint something like six different times. Wow. Uh, at, at that time, yeah. At, at that time, 
convenience stores in Nashville were like the worst job, most dangerous job in Nashville to have back then. And uh, but that's that was my mom. You know, I got to see her hard work ethic. My dad's hard work ethic. He was a carpenter. He doesn't really uh, he doesn't really do money. You know, uh, there were times my mom told me when I was older that you know growing up there were years my dad made seven thousand dollars and he worked full time forty hour plus work weeks and wow. came away with a net of seven grand. And he just didn't manage money well. He just kind of knew how to work and he's a very simple guy, uh, intelligent guy, but very simple. Um, dropped out of school in ninth grade, 10th grade to support himself because his family wasn't supporting him. And, uh, to, but to go from that family lifestyle, you know, my mom was not college educated. My dad was, you know, barely, you know, got his GED. That was about it. Um, very hands-on kind of guy, but to go from that, that's what you grew up in to a major shift, you know, uh, to where you could go, Hey, I don't, I don't have to live that way. And, and that didn't happen for me until I was in my twenties. And, uh, and I got my first W2 out of college. And saw that I made thirty nine grand, and I was sixteen thousand dollars in debt. I, was, I, you know, my jaw just dropped and hit the floor. I was like, "How in the world? I've never seen that much money before in my life. Like, how? How? Where did that come from? Like, where did it go? Because I was. It's so funny, man. Because you know, we make fun of basement dwellers and kids that live at home when they're in their twenties. But I had a good deal, man. I was paying 200 bucks a month in rent to my mom and dad. That's what we negotiated. I wanted to pay four. I told her, I'll pay you 400. I mean, it's, you know, if you want two, I'll pay you two. If you want four, I'm making money. I'm making good money. And, uh, but that's what we arranged. And somehow I still was in so much debt. You know, I had 16 grand in debt, about, uh, about 13 grand on a car, about three grand on credit cards. Fortunately for me, I kind of realized that was not a good formula. And so that's when I, the light bulb came on. I call it a financial awakening. And I'm like, oh, this, what I did last year, I can never do again in my lifetime. I have to figure something out. And that's when I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was, you know, learn. You know, I went to college. My parents helped me go through college. I grew up learning how to fish out of magazines, how to rebuild car engines out of magazines. And I rebuilt my first car engine when I was about 15 years old. And uh, that's what led me off into engineering school. And uh, so I went to the bookstore, picked up books, started reading everything I could and, and realized this money deal is really not that complicated. Uh, you just have to make some different lifestyle choices and, you know, point your, your funds in the right direction. And uh, that's, you know, and it's the same thing you do, right? It's the same thing we all do. Every, anybody that builds wealth, they get their money moving in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I was, I was armed with just enough knowledge to be dangerous, I think. <laughs> yeah, especially in the twenties, right? It. <clears throat> what? Um. So I guess what were some of those kind of big aha or awakening moments for you? You know, as you're starting to learn this and everything else. I mean, because there's a lot of people out there that still don't manage their money, and it's like it comes in and it goes back out, and it's like, where did, where did all my money go this month? And uh, what were some of those kind of initial thoughts that you had and those first steps that you started to take? Yeah, I think money for me, and it still is, I'm still evolving and learning because now instead of me learning about money as I have for a long time, now I'm trying to learn how to teach people about money. And that's a very different mm. challenge, right? Because sure. people are wired differently. And I think over 70, between 70 and 75% of people are living paycheck to paycheck in the United States. You know, I, ca I can't imagine what the numbers are today with the gas prices and the food prices, yeah. and, you know, 30, 30%, 20 to 30% is, you know, the real inflation rate, not the, the fake inflation rate that the government tells us it is. But, you know, the biggest thing is to shift your mind, right? So when you're broke, you have a scarcity mindset and you really can't see anything forward, you know? And I think that's one of the biggest problems with people. And it was the biggest problem with me is I didn't have a vision for where I wanted to go. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think that developing a vision is a skill that is that most people have. I think people can develop it, but they don't naturally have it out of the gate. You know, there's a few people, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. You know, you can see people that have these visions, but most people don't have those. They kind of just are on a hamster wheel. They're just kind of doing the same thing over and over every day. They get up, they go to work, they spend their money. They go to sleep or they watch TV. They get up, do the whole thing again. And next thing you know, you're 60 years old and you were on the same hamster wheel for 60 years or 65 years. And I was headed in that direction, right? I'd done it for 25 years and I was broke and I I could have stayed on it, but I chose to get off. So I think that's the first thing that's got to happen is your mindset's got to shift. And for that mindset to shift, you have to have that awakening moment. After that, I took a slightly different approach. I'm not a big budgeting guy. I'm not a big budget folks guy. I think it has its place. But the first thing I did is I shifted from a money spending mindset to an investing mindset. So I started looking at how much money I could invest first, and that constrained my budget naturally. Mm. So instead of going, hey, budget every penny, figure out where all your money's going. I think that's useful and helpful, but it, it doesn't do a lot to shift your mindset and your heart fully into an abundance mindset. And I think that has to happen uh, first. I think that's much more powerful. It's a difference between having a vision to get out of debt and a vision to be have a net worth of like $10 million. It's two very different mindsets. And I think that was the big shift for me. So what I did early on is instead of spending, you know, $3,500 a month or $4,000 a month, I was making, you know, roughly about $3,500 at the time. And it was all going out, plus spending on credit cards. I just shifted all of that, and I and I took a very simple approach. I said, you know what? I bring home about three thousand dollars a month, roughly. I'm gonna spend about a thousand dollars a month on debt, and I'm gonna pay my car off early, and I'm gonna pay my credit cards off, and I'm gonna put a thousand dollars in investment, and I split it up in two very simple ways. I put five hundred bucks into mutual funds, and then five hundred dollars into the stock market. I was buying things like a. Uh, Cirrus, uh, Cirrix, uh, AMD, Intel, Dell, you know, tech stocks. I was in the technology at the time. Yeah. And I was flipping, I was flipping those things. I was swing trading those stocks and doing pretty well with it. I wasn't dealing with a lot of money, so I wasn't making a lot of money. Um, And, you know, E-Trade wasn't around back then. So I had to pay these, you know, big transaction fees. Uh, It's a lot cheaper now. You got $8 trades back then. It was a percentage of what you were (laughs) trading. And uh, yeah, they're making bank off me. And then, and then uh, the, what was left over was my living money. So instead of spending it all and living off of it, I just constrained. So I went with an invest first strategy and that constrained my spending habits naturally. And I constrained my spending down to probably like $1,000 a month. You know, my mom and dad got 200 of it and I got 800 of it roughly to live off of every month. And uh, that was my lifestyle in my 20s. And that allowed me in about, uh, about 18 months, I was able to pay off all my debt, get about $18,000 in investment dollars in place. And, uh, you know, and turn things around. And fortunately, you know, I, I, I found my wife during that season. And so my original millionaire plan did not account for a wife that had $20,000 in debt. <laughs> so, you know, even though I was out of debt, I, you know, I picked up hers and started paying on it as her fiance. No, that's cool. Some of the things that you kind of mentioned in there was moving kind of from that a scare, scarcity mindset to abundance mindset. I mean, what were some of those key things that helped you get through that? Because a lot of people that have that, you know, that's all they have is that, that scarcity mindset there. Oh man, you know, I'm living paycheck. I, you know, I'm trying to adjust my finances and things like that, but you know, money's going out the door. I, 
I don't have anything left over, you know, to do that. And, and they're stuck in that scarcity mindset. What were some of the things that helped you get, make that switch? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit of an odd bird, so I don't know that I'm the best example because uh, or some what of your I clients. mean by that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I mean by that is I grew up as a loner. I mean, I didn't have a lot of attachments to people, so by contrast, I didn't have a lot of people dragging me down. Like my my situation was really built by me. So my closest relationships mm. were my parents, and they say that you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So my parents were the people I spent the most time with. My parents were broke. Therefore, I was broke. Um, I was doing the same thing. So for me, I didn't have to break free from a lot of relationships that were dragging me down. I was already independent. And I think that's a big thing. Um, In contrast, today as I teach clients, I teach you need to get attached to people that are going in the direction you need to go. So, or you want to go. So if you want to be a multimillionaire, you need to find multimillionaires to hang out with. You need to find mentors. You need to get around people that are already in there. And what happens is you can get caught in that jet stream, right? Mm. So as they're blazing a trail behind you, just like, you know, let's use NASCAR, right? NASCAR is a great example. You got drafting. You're going to draft the lead car. The lead car is doing all the hard work. You're following it behind him. You're, it's going to be a little bit easier for you. Um, and that's a different mindset than being independent, trying to figure it out on your own. Um, when I was going through the process, you know, the resources today are much better than they were back then, you know, cause we're talking 25 years ago. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I had books and magazines today. You don't even have, you can go to the toilet and learn how to be a millionaire, right? Right on your just phone. On to- <laughs> yeah. just sit on the toilet and for a while and, 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 uh, pop a few YouTubes off. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, you're trading crypto or something. Right. Um, so Today, it's a lot easier, but you still need to get around those people that are moving in that direction. And, you know, I've been pretty blessed, you know, as I've started this, you know, doing the millionaire choice thing in the last, you know, four or five years uh, to catch up with some guys that are just amazing young guys. They're like 31 years old, uh, a guy named Taylor Welch, who I just met, uh, met him at a uh, Chipotle uh, community table. You know, I don't know if you go to Chipotle, but you got this community table. You just sit down with strangers, start eating, and you start, you know, you're not supposed to, but I listen in on conversations sometimes. And, and I like meet these interesting people. And uh, he was a 22 year old guy with a net worth of 20 bucks. 22 years old, net worth of 20 bucks. 21, his net worth is over $50 million at 31. I'm sorry, 31. So wow. over a little over nine years. Yeah, he's, he went from a $20 net worth to a 31. He's got a, he's got a bit more money than I've got. So uh, he would be one of those types of people. I'm like, you know what? In this next version of me, I want to catch his jet stream. I want right. to get around him. I want to hang out with him. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, you got to develop a, a millionaire mindset or a, a get money smart. You know, I, I teach people. You know, you go through high school, right? You start in kindergarten or preschool. You go through 12 years of school. Then you go on to, you know, if you go to college, you get another four years. You might get a master's degree. It's another year, year and a half. Then you get a doctorate degree. Some people get those, right? And, uh, but where in there did you really learn to learn about money? Like, when did you stop and take time to do that? And I think, you know, today, you know, financial literacy, right? They go, oh, you got to have financial literacy class. And what do they do? Teach you a semester? They give you one semester and say, hey, you know, there it is. Money is the the one thing out of everything that we learn in college or high school or in, you know middle school. You should be learning about it the entire time. Like throw some of those other classes out and teach about money. So you as as you get older and start learning about money, you need to realize it's a lifelong learning journey. Like there is so much to learn about. 
And, and I think that's one of the things that helped me was I shifted into a learning mindset. I already had a learning mindset from, you know, being young, but also going off to college. And so I, as I started learning about money at 25, it's like you got this perpetual motion where you're like, hey, just read more, learn more, read more, learn more. The beautiful thing is you don't have to start out by knowing everything. You just have to know enough to get going in the right direction. And then keep your, that starts to build your momentum and then you can keep building over time. Yeah. And, you know, with that, and you kind of mentioned learning mindset and, you know, teaching, you know, as kids, if, you know, we had different stuff, you know, fortunately I had an investment class and some types of entrepreneurial classes in our school. So that was super cool. So that helped kind of get me on that, that jump start when I was like 13. What are you doing? Um, obviously you have six kids. What are you doing to kind of change that um, mindset and that strategy and that, and that learning process for your kids as they're growing up? What's kind of that family wealth strategy that you're putting together and, and teaching them and everything? Yeah. And I'm a first generation millionaire in my family. So that's a great question because I didn't have anybody to model it from. Right. So I've got sure. to figure it out and I'm, and I don't have it figured out. My youngest is 11. My oldest is 22. And, uh, while I worked for Dave Ramsey from the age of 30 to 46, that my kids understand that they understand being frugal. So I have a lot of kids that don't go out and blow money. They don't spend money. They don't blow money. They don't waste money. But at the same time, I don't see that ambitious, vision in their eyes to go, Hey, I can go multiply money. Like they don't, Mm -hmm. they look at it in a very simple fashion. And so that's where I've kind of, as I've been doing the millionaire choice, I'm like, how do I transfer these principles to my kids? Because I haven't done a great job of that. Um, they've learned the simple things, but they haven't learned about like, Hey, I could be a millionaire by age 25. Like I meet people that are millionaires by age 25 on a regular basis, 25 to 30. It's very common took me till I was 40. You know, I thought I was pretty special when I, when I made a millionaire at 40, but then I start meeting all these young guys that do it, uh, like JV crumb who but decided he was going to be a millionaire at age five because his mom went and buy him a candy bar at the grocery store. And he's like, well, I, there's a money problem here. Why can't I get a candy bar? He's like, I know when I grow up, I'm going to be rich. And he turned, he was a millionaire at age 25 all over a candy bar. So I think that's the big thing with my kids is helping them realize like, hey, let me get some ambition behind it. So I have to talk about money very fluidly with them. I think that's a big Mm. thing. Uh, Parents don't really talk about finances. Like, you know, I went from making a very, very lucrative income to starting this business out. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to get things going. So you go from you go from taking $50,000 or $25,000 vacations once to twice a year to like, hey, we haven't had a vacation in like three years. So <laughs> it's it's a totally different lifestyle because you're being more conservative with your funds, you know, and then you got six kids in private school dropping, you know, seventy five, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year on that. And you have to tighten the belt in some areas. So uh, we talk very openly about that. Um, sometimes that can have a little bit of pressure on children, you know, because they're going, oh, you know, we can't do the things we used to do. And I'm like, I think a lot of parents would shy away from that. For me, I embrace that because I want my kids to understand that there's good times and there's bad times or there's not as good times. And I think you got to have those conversations. I think uh, leaning into your kids, putting more financial responsibility on your kids early is a great thing. Um, I probably could have done better in that. Like my kids are all, all my kids don't have cell phones. I made them wait until they were 16 to get their cell phones. And for various reasons, I'm a tech guy, so I don't want them to be too digitally addicted. But uh, I should have made them pay for their cell phones, too. I mean, instead, they're riding my cell phone bill. I'm like, you know what? 
I should make them pay for that kind of stuff. Uh, I think those are things that I could do. But the faster they learn financial responsibility, the better. And if you can get them investing, we bought, uh, let's see, um, Gabriel. Well, I started investing with my kids in the middle of COVID. Okay. And one day I just said, you know what? Let's time. Let's let's do some investing. So I said, let's invest. I gave them all a copy of my book. I said, y'all need to read my book. I think I had one of my kids that actually read it. The other five didn't, so I need to lean into them a little bit more. But uh, Gabriel, we went out, we picked out 10 stocks. I said, hey, make a list of 10 stocks, companies you're interested in. We'll go research them together and we'll make a decision. And so he bought like $500 of Apple stock in the middle of that, right before it split a couple of years ago. And and uh, it, uh, let's see, split and went from one share. I think it went from one to three shares or one to four shares. And then he held on to it. So his first investment went from like, I think $500 up to about 1200 bucks. And uh, that's not too bad for a first investment. So, and I, I think by doing something simple like that, you're getting that, um, you're changing their mind, you're expanding their mind, and you're helping them get these little principles about, oh, you don't mean I don't have to work for money every day. I can actually find other ways to make money. Um, sure. And I think that's a big, pr- that's a big principle. I'm still learning that principle, right? Because I grew up in a job mindset and I spent, you know, 46 years in that job mindset with my parents first and then. There And now it only occurred to me, so I had two goals. Let me just tell you this, Josh. So when I made my millionaire choice at 25, I had two goals. One was to be a millionaire by 40. The other one was to be living off my investments by 40. Okay. Mm. I had forgotten about the second part of that. <laughs> I had forgotten about it. And so I became a millionaire, but I was still in the job mindset until I was. Uh, I changed jobs in, at 46. And I left the Ramsey organization. It wasn't until about two months ago or two, I'm sorry, about six months ago that I realized I've been living off my investments for six years. And wow. I'm like, oh, I'm still thinking about a job mindset. You know, I'm a multimillionaire thinking about a job mindset. I still haven't unplugged from a job mindset. And I've got friends like uh, Jeremy Newsom. He's an awesome guy. He made his first investment when he was six years old after watching Forrest Gump. He talked his dad into buying Apple stock after hearing uh, Forrest Gump talk about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's got a great story. I don't want to give away his, his story, but now uh, he just he's just a full-time trader. He, and he's got an amazing story. Go listen to it. But he's a 33-year-old guy worth, uh, I think, over 25 million bucks. Got his own island in the British Virgin Islands with a 36,000-square-foot home on it. Does retreats down there for people. But he's teaching people how to have this incredible freedom away from a job lifestyle. And uh, mm. I'm starting to embrace that mentally. But because I was in the job mindset a little bit longer, it's taken me a little bit longer to unplug from it. No, I think that that's super great. I mean, I know that's one of the big things we've tried to do is, I mean, we've homeschooled our kids for a while, for I think four or five years now. And part of that is the whole financial literacy and curriculum and investments and real estate and um, you know, a lot of different ways for them to make money. They all had projects where they created their own businesses as entrepreneurs. So they each have their own digital businesses and stuff that they've created and sell stuff off of. And so, you know, I think that's huge and stuff that growing up, I didn't have those pieces, but fortunately I had access to some of that information and was able to learn through books like you did, um, teachers here and there and things like that to, um, get me on the right path and, and mindset and kind of that millionaire mindset. Um, we got a few minutes left. What are kind of the top three things that as you're designing your millionaire plan that people should look for or try to make sure they've, you know, put in there, uh, and everything. 
Yeah, I think the big ones are you got to start. Uh, you got to have a get money, mar- get money smart mindset. You got to learn. You got to go. Hey, I'm learning something new all the time about money. Uh, right now, I'm learning about commercial real estate. I'm learning about cost segging my real estate so I can accelerate the depreciation. There is so much to learn. You can spend a lifetime learning about money. So we, you've got to engage that as part of your millionaire plan. The other things are is just look at your income plan. You know how much money are you making? How can you increase your income each year? You know, think about first increasing at ten thousand dollars. 20,000 just because a lot of people get income stagnant and they mm, don't realize yeah. that they could they could make double what they're already making they don't understand that I didn't understand that I didn't know that I could go from making 40 grand to making five hundred thousand dollars I came from a broke mindset my mom never made more than 35 grand a year my dad's never made more than 50 so I was in that mindset so you break free from that so have an income plan have a debt plan. You know, some people leverage debt. I'm a no debt guy myself, but I'm not going to tell people not to do it. I'm just going to say, understand the risk. If you're going to use debt, make sure you understand the risk so you don't get burned. Right. And then the third one is uh, your, your multiplying plan. So how are you going to multiply your money? Um, and you could do, you know, various ways. I think sadly today, a lot of people are just shoving into mutual funds in the stock market, uh, which is getting you kind of like, the lowest returns that you're probably going to get other than, you know, being too conservative, you could go with, you know, bonds or something like that, but that's useless. But yeah, well, how are you going to multiply, you know? Um, and, and there's, there's lots of opportunities out there, whether that's a, you know, real estate syndication where you might get 15, 20, 30% a year. If you get in the right deal, you could get into some swing trading, practice on that a little bit. So there's other ways to make money other than just that one. And then lastly, wrap all that stuff together. So incomes plan, debt plan, spending plan, Uh, I'm sorry, investing plan. And then put a date on it, man. It's all predictable, right? It's just percentages on a spreadsheet. And I believe that within a plus or minus a year, you can predict when you're going to be a millionaire. And uh, that's what I did when I was 25 and I hit it by 40. I've met guys that have done it in nine years. I've met guys that have done it in seven years. And so it's all relative to uh, your mindset and what your opportunities are. No, that's awesome. I appreciate it. Guys, I hope you guys are really listening to what Tony said today. He's dropped some amazing insights, you know, coming from nothing and really trying to figure out on his own how to, you know, how, how can he can change his uh, life situation, his money situation, and then creating his own plan to become a millionaire by 40. And that's something that you guys can do as well. So go back, rewind, listen, watch this again, take those notes, write those down, and then start to execute, whether it's just taking a little bit, 500 bucks here and, you know, investing it. There's so many opportunities of investment with from crypto, and this is not financial advice, (laughs) from crypto to investment, to stocks, to mutual funds, real estate deals that you mentioned. Um, There's a lot of opportunities out there for you. And all you got to do is just take that first step. So Tony, again, thanks for coming on Making Bank. Can you let everybody know where they can find out more information about you and uh, follow you on social or anything? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All over social media. You can find me at Tony Bradshaw. Um, uh, there's a few of us out there, but I'm, I'm, I'm top of the heap out there. So <laughs> it's not too hard to find. But the Millionaire Choice is where I do most of my business and connections. I actually give away a free coaching session every day. So if somebody wants to give me a call, check out. It's a free hour. I'm not going to pitch you anything. I just want to have conversations with people because I believe I can change somebody's life with just one hour of time and, and set them on a new trajectory. Awesome. And then just uh, one last thing, anything there like, oh man, I was hoping Josh was going to ask me this or, hey, I really want to share this before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, purpose of wealth, man. If you're developing wealth, what what are you doing with it? Like money has a purpose. It's not just for you. Uh, I believe the more people have good, that have money, the more good people that have money, the we're going to make the world a better place. 
And uh, that's the big one, man. Just have a purpose behind it and you'll be more inspired to build wealth. Awesome. Tony, uh, thanks again for coming on Making Bank. An honor to have you on the show and just really appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks. I've enjoyed it, Josh. I am Josh Filbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.